0: Welcome, everybody. Sitting here at a very interesting table with a very interesting group of guests. Of course, uh, Pastor Jordan is right next to me, Pastor Jordan Canis-Tracy, here on the Gateway Leadership Podcast. And we got some pretty cool people sitting at the table, Jordan. Yeah. Chelsea Galindo, right? Chelsea works at Gateway. Mm-hmm. And she is an Hi. executive admin. Yes, I am. Yeah. And Grant Gordon is one of our elders and um, part of our leadership team at the church, and these two, well, why don't I start with you, Grant? What do you do for a living? So let's get into the topic. What do you do for a living? There you go. No, I'm a registered nurse, and I work here in the Bay Area, one of the local
1: hospitals, and so... Right now, I've been working in uh, what we call periop, so pre and post op for surgery prep and recovery. I've been doing that for a number of years. Oh, cool! And then before that, I was doing
0: emergency medicine for a while. So I've been a nurse for about sixteen years. To me, all medicine is emergency medicine, <laughs> but that's another that's another shift. If I need something, I need it like right now. <laughs> right. Just, say, just say, even an aspirin, right? Is yep, that t- you just say stat and it stat. magically <laughs> appears? I'll say that to my yep. wife, and that'll get it now. I need yeah. a Band-Aid stat. <laughs> <laughs> and Chelsea, what have you been doing, yeah. and what are you doing now?
2: Um, I'm currently, like Pastor said here, I'm currently working at the church. I am an executive admin. Um, I previously, for uh, four years, was in the ICU, and I now work in primary care, uh, just in the doctor's office.
0: You know, when your job has the word intensive in it, you know, <laughs> you know that's a that's a that's a pressure job. Yeah, <laughs> right. high stakes. I yeah. work. <laughs> I work in the. Intensive yes. care. Uh, and ministry can be that way sometimes too. So, we're going to talk about all the crazy stuff that's gone on the last couple of years and just have a conversation about medicine and faith and uh, walking that line sometimes between what some people are calling science or what other people are calling Google searches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, maybe putting ourselves in the in the seat right next to medical professionals who have, you know, I, Jordan, you've been through a lot the last couple of years. Everybody mm-hmm. has. Everybody, parents have, right? Yeah. Um, police officers have. Teachers, uh, no doubt. Teachers, yeah. No doubt. Right. What about our medical people? Mm-hmm. How have they, you know, experienced that? So I, I think.
3: And what have you been doing, Pastor Jordan, lately uh, in ministry? What's got your attention lately? Right now, uh, the biggest thing that has my attention, you know, April and I are the young adults pastors at our San Jose campus. So one thing that we're working on is, and and tending to, is our young people at Gateway and um, trying to help them really come out of the last couple years. You know, the last couple years has really robbed uh, young people of development and community and security. And uh, so really our main focus for all of last year uh, and even moving into this year has been just taking these young people, and it's wild, it's like, it's kind of like a little bit of Mm reparenting and just like coaxing them back into community and back into feeling safe uh, because something that's really, really high right now in, in young people, just everybody that I'm meeting is social anxiety, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's, uh, I mean, before, before the pandemic, especially in the Bay area, isolation was Mm -hmm. really hard. It's hard like, you know, to, to make friends in general. So you throw on, a year of people just staying at their homes, and in this county, you know, being one of the strictest counties, mm, yeah. you know what I mean? And uh, the fear of the fear of getting sick, but also just you get afraid of being around other people. So that's really what we've been doing. I've been hitting that hard in prayer, and we're it seeing just, some great It things. just
0: goes to show you how earth-shaking the last few years have been i mean we don't have to go on and on about these last two years but when it comes to young people when it comes to medical professionals when it comes to pastors and churches and i think we're going to be figuring out the effects of the last couple of years for a long oh my gosh a long long time i I talked to a 14 year old the other day who said he he became afraid to leave his house yeah Afraid to leave his house, dreading leaving his house. Wow. Not only because the virus was out there, but also because of the social anxiety yeah. that you're mentioning. So everybody's experienced this, you know, in a different way, and that's why I appreciate Chelsea and Grant coming in to talk with us because we want to know how you guys have experienced this as as medical professionals, what you've seen uh, in your colleagues. Maybe what you've seen in your patients, and kind of like, where do we go from here? Mm -hmm. You know, because things are ending, and you know the doors are opening for us to come back to life and return to life, and all of that. So, you know, let's let's just talk. I'll start with with you, Grant, because you and I had a conversation. Uh, I think we were eating. Enchiladas, yeah. if I recall. Yeah. And we were talking about, <clears throat> were you good. know, the the tensions at work. How have you, as a medical professional, experienced mm-hmm. the last couple of years? How's that's been? What's that been like for you from a professional standpoint?
1: Yeah. No, that's a great question. Um, it's it's been kind of the best way I could say it is just challenging, um, and that may mm-hmm. may sound cliche, but in, in its own right, um, maybe akin to what other professionals experience in their own realm. Um, you know, there are, I'd say, probably one of the things that's been most challenging, I'd say, across the board, has just been the isolation. Uh, I know we kind of touched on that here a little bit, mm-hmm. but there's already there's something to be said for, and Chelsea can speak to it as well. Um, there's something to be said for being in a career where the stakes are high, um, the pressure is real. Um, you know, real lives are are there. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a oopsie. I made a mistake. Mistakes
0: have I, consequences. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah.
1: exactly. And then that you know, obviously, that's pronounced in situ, you know, uh, settings like ICU and ER. Um, but the point is, like, part of that, whether you're a police officer, whether you're a paramedic, whether you're a firefighter, or a healthcare professional in facility, uh, outpatient, you, there's a certain understanding that comes with the job, and so it's it's already a little bit isolating as it is because mm-hmm. sometimes when you come from a crazy shift or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that happens, you need to be able to kind of unpack that and, and decompress from that in a healthy way. And in order to, sometimes in order to do that, you have to have people who understand you and they even yeah. just down to your vernacular, like, Hey, this happened and this happened and you know, whatnot, or give you the space, the allowance to do that. And it's so probably
3: hard to relate for a lot of people to relate. To what you guys experience. exactly,
1: exactly, and you know, and, and you know, police officers deal with it in their own way. You know, I've got mm. families, family members, and friends that have been part of the military and special operations community, and, and you know, they've got things that they've dealt with that just I I can't even deal with. But in terms of healthcare specifically for this, because it's been so hit hard with COVID, um, that's been a big thing I've seen with a lot of my colleagues. I'm just feeling super isolated. How, how do I how do I even unpack this? You know, who do I talk to? Um, only my colleagues can understand, but I can't really you know reach out you know and connect with them like we used mm. to or or whatnot so i think that was a big one um safety has obviously been right in everybody's face mm-hmm. you know especially in the beginning um you know you, you, there's a lot of whether you agree with it or not um and to whatever degree there's been a lot that's been put out about you know it's a lot of fear yeah. you know a lot of fear and to the point where fourteen-year-olds are afraid to come out of their house. But as a healthcare professional, your your faith really comes into play hard when you're like, okay, I'm about to walk into a hot room, you know, yeah. or a hot wing, and there's people that are in here suffering, r- real suffering from a disease that we don't fully understand the ramifications. Right. Especially
0: in the early days, because nobody really knew much about how it was transmitted. That we didn't have a chance to study it. You know? Yeah. And no. So and There was so much unknown in,
1: in the beginning, right? Yeah. A mile a minute, and and it's unfortunate, you know. I want to give the benefit of the doubt. People are there to to help people. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, unfortunately, the news you know, newsreels don't necessarily, you know, it's hyped and you know everybody's you know when New York blew up and yeah people are dying and they're putting people body bags and mm-hmm. you know and they're freezer trucks and I mean all the craziness that was going on. That's what people instantly thought that it was some kind of like hemorrhagic Ebola type situation. Right. But we just didn't have a whole lot of knowledge. We had some, but. We were trying to figure that out, and so then your practice is affected by all of that noise coming in and going. Holy smokes! You know, I know people that iso- isolated from their families. Mm-hmm. They had kids and stuff, and so they were staying in a different right, different house or different part of the house, or just to do their job. Just yeah. to do their job. Wow. Like I can't see my kids. I can't. You can't hug them. You can't wow. touch them. So I mean, that obviously has changed, um, but that was. I mean, that's very real for a lot of people, uh, and that. Especially, you know, kudos to you, you know, Chelsea for ICU stints. I mean, I tip my hat to you big time. Um, you know, but I used to work in the ER, and I did. I didn't have to do that during COVID, um, but man, that's that was tough. People were coming in and just just terror in their eyes. You know, I have a cough, and they're like, "Oh my God, am I going to die?" Right. That I mean, that's really the the their mind was taking them
0: to that place. So there's so a you, there's so a you're, lot of you're you and your colleagues are experiencing all that. I imagine in the early part that was, you were pretty fresh, you know, you're ready to, you're emergency people. You're, you're like, mm-hmm. Hey, we're on this, you know, mm-hmm. this, we're going to do our jobs. But as time went on, mm-hmm. right, that just compounds and get, some of it gets easier because you understand it a little bit better. You understand mm-hmm. what's going on, but the wear and tear, mm-hmm. um, how was that for, for you?
1: Yeah, that, um, I, I had the luxury. I mean, my wife and I don't have small children and we live in our own house so i had the luxury of being able to come home and decompress and she's just a you know she's just an amazing woman and so she's learned to help me process when i come through stuff um admittedly i wasn't in the er and icu we floated over to the main hospital i was job was in question at points because they had to shut down my unit and then we were floating Mm -hmm. over and there's a lot of tension because nurses are doing you know not just nurses but pas and and techs and and you know, people are moving into realms where there's no protocol here. Yeah. Uh, we don't have the resources. There's understaffing. There's, they're asking you to do things and they're, do, you know, doing the best they can I'm give the benefit of the doubt. They're doing mm-hmm. the best they can to to do what they can. But you're kind of going, man, my license is on the line. If I make a mistake here, someone's going to pay the price. And that could be a very real clinical consequence, but also it could be my job, you know, right. legal ramifications. So there, there was a lot of things that all kind of co-mingled in that. So. Um, it the, to your point uh, that the acuteness of it as we got more knowledge of the in you know kind of the pathophysiology of the process uh, that kind of s- settled down a little bit, but then there's just the duration there's, yeah, Man, yeah. there's wave after wave after wave, and I think that <laughs> mentally and emotionally, people and and that stress was very real. And there's a lot of lot of turnover, a lot of burnout, um, people that just like, man, I can't take this anymore. Did you see
0: people walking off the job? Was was there? I mean, I've, I've seen it in ministry, I've seen it in education, I've seen. You know, I talked to one pastor the other day. He said, "This is not what I signed
3: up for."
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I. That's a great point. I didn't. I didn't personally see that, but I knew like right at the bat there were a couple. Um, uh, just in my. First-hand knowledge. There were a couple, ner- number of nurses, number of PAs, number of docs that I knew that were kind of on the cusp of retirement. And as soon as this thing rolled out, and, and I don't blame them. I, there's no, yeah. not yeah. A, not a drop yeah. of judgment. They were like, I'm done. <laughs> Perfect I'm, timing. I'm out. You know. <laughs> and so there were there was a lot of that. But there's a lot of there was a you saw a lot of the. And um, you know, I don't want to paint just a dismal picture. You you did see a lot of just the beauty of people being like, these are my coworkers. Yeah. These are my patients. Mm-hmm. Um, if this was my mom right in front of me, I would do everything that I could, yeah. and I'm going to do that for this person. Mm-hmm. You know, so you saw a lot of the beauty and 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 strength mm-hmm. and and grace that was that was kind of made
3: manifest in in all sorts of forms and shapes. Wow. What about you, Chelsea? How did you kind of experience, especially in the beginning, all of this?
2: Yeah, it was. Um, you hit the ground running. It was a fire hose that you were trying to drink from. Um, One moment, you show up to work, and you are doing what you expected, what you've been doing for the last few years. And the next day, you show up to work, and there is no protocols for anything. There is um, 101 things being told to you that conflict with each other. Yeah, absolutely. And you're trying to figure out, which do I do which is safe, which is uh, proper for this specific family and patient, but also what am I comfortable with? Yeah. What do um, what do the three doctors that are trying to coordinate this care um, say about all of these other things that these other three doctors are saying? Yeah. In complete conflict, uh, it was just so like confusing. A collision. A collision so of, confusing. Wow.
3: So how does, I mean, man, how does that? For a for a profession like that, how does like your how does your faith mm-hmm. balance into all that? Right. Like making decisions when you're yeah coming from a system where you know exactly what the mm-hmm. protocols are and 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 you know exactly what the tried and true things are. Right. And now you don't. Um, how does your how does your faith kind of kind of help inform you? in that kind of environment.
2: Yeah. Uh, that was a very trying time, I think. Um so the beginning of the pandemic, we found out we were pregnant and that was also a a big thing for me specifically to feel like how do I go into work and work with this this virus that I'm not sure is it going mm-hmm. to affect me and my family if we yeah. get it? Is it going to affect my child yeah. that I'm carrying? Um what could I get treatment for? What could I not? So I think that the in the confusion, I definitely faced my own set of fear, my own set of anxieties, mm. trying to protect myself and my family, um, and not knowing anything. Yeah. Um, so I found in my own space, similar to what Grant was saying, trying to find places to decompress, trying to find places where I can instill truth into myself. Um, I just would pray my entire way to work, Lord, th- this is what you've done for me so far. I've interacted with millions of diseases at this point, and I've never gotten one. Yeah. I have interacted with tons of patients who are communicable, and I've never gotten anything from you. And I'm not going to cower in fear as I walk into the shift simply because I don't know the answer yet. Yeah. And um, I just started reading psalms every morning. I started listening to worship music on my breaks. I had to go outside and go for walks. It was just protecting my peace. Just
0: to keep yourself together. Wherever yeah, I could. What a battle. I because
2: mean. I love the families that I got to work with. I yeah. genuinely, that's why I love nursing. Mm-hmm. That's why I chose to be a nurse. It was because I loved being a part of that team yeah. and knowing that part of my own process would inhibit that was just not something I wanted to interact with or even um, consider.
3: Yeah. But
2: it was absolutely um, something that I needed to walk through every moment that I wasn't actively nursing.
3: Yeah. So it's more of like a decision than,
2: Absolutely. <laughs> than like just
3: going with a feeling.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
3: so like for that fear, this is for either of you, I guess. Um, how much of it for you was an active decision? I'm not going to be afraid. Um, versus, versus your actual fear. <laughs> Like, how often did you have to, like, make the decision, Mm -hmm. you know, despite actually feeling fear?
2: Yeah, I think um, it was absolutely more of a decision. I think when it came down to it, um, I I knew those things. I knew that I didn't need to be fearful. Mm -hmm. But everything around me was telling me, you should be afraid. Right. You're a pregnant woman. You're um, very viable to get this um, disease because all of a sudden being pregnant makes you more at risk. I don't know. Yeah. Um, And because you're pregnant we don't know how we would treat you so therefore a plus b equals c you should be very scared yeah um, and reali- looking back in retrospect i can absolutely see there was nothing to be afraid of mm-hmm. um, overall we were okay yeah um and the the measures that i took ultimately <clears throat> provided me a safety but um I, and we were given safety in certain degrees, through the hospital, through protective equipment, through those things, but even um, my acknowledgement of I know these things work because I've used them before. Why am I scared they're not going to work now? Yeah, yeah. It, w- it was such a um, an infiltrating thought that I that's, ultimately that's, that's well knew said. these work. Mm-hmm. What's going on?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Grant? Did you have to fight a lot of a lot of fear? Uh,
1: to a degree, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, like I said, you're, you're the, the rubber meets the road when you're about to walk into a, a room and you yeah. go, okay, this person has a, uh, an unknown contagious disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think one of the, one of the challenges, um, you know, to Chelsea's point and to her background, especially ICU, you know, you do a, I, I had limited exposure during COVID to that, to that space because I'm not an ICU nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went up to try to help resource at times. They were kind of trying to on the spot cross train you over to different aspects and so you're a little bit out of your out of your wheelhouse but with that said is you know there was a lot especially coming from colleagues too you know they're like oh I've been in the ICU and I've seen that healthy 26 year old guy that had nothing wrong and he just died you know and I mean that that was like a very real thing and so unfortunately you're you have to step back and there's a certain amount of mental mental gymnastics you want to play where you're like okay hold on for a second I'm in the I'm in the building where everybody comes when they need serious help, right. and so I see the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. So I can't take that as I can't extrapolate that out to the entire community. Um, so I think there was a little bit of that, which was a, a, a measure of encouragement. But you're exactly right, Chelsea. There there's stuff that just comes at you. You know, it's like when you're in the middle of a fight, you you're in a fight. Yeah, people are coming at you one way or another, or things are coming at you rather. Um, and so you just really need to stand in that place and really declare what's true um and realizing that your emotions follow your choice and your and your your thoughts right your beliefs affect your your thoughts mm-hmm. your thoughts affect your feelings your feelings affect your choice so it's like all, all parts of that chain are, are getting attacked and so you really have to go wait a second no no um and I, and it's exactly kind of on the the sermon series we're doing now. What is the password? You know, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. God. This is who you are.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: More than anything, like that. That to me was the was the most grounding thing. Um, you know, uh, you're only as strong as your source, and you're only as strong as your identity. Yeah. Um, and so, if your source is yourself, that's awesome. Until something bigger than yourself comes along, right? Wow. And that's what you found in a lot of the a lot of the professionals. You know, environment um, wherever you were, EMS or in hospital. People are like, we're good. We got this handled. And all of a sudden, you see fear in people's eyes that you never saw before because mm-hmm. this thing is so big and unknown. And uh ah. mm-hmm. so when things are coming at you, that's really the grounding thing of like, this is who you are, God. Yeah. This is you. Never change. Yeah. You
0: never fall. Well, what about what about what did you see in people who don't get that or or don't have that assurance? You know, that mm-hmm. relationship with God. I'm curious because I know a lot terrifying. of a lot of. A lot of medical professionals had to face this without faith or maybe from an atheist standpoint or agnostic standpoint or just just being an average Joe kind of person out there when it comes to faith. You guys each, you know, I can see looking in Chelsea's eyes, this is an emotional conversation and for you as well. And you're strong believers. You're strong in your faith. What about the people that didn't have that? Could you feel where they were at when you looked around the room and
2: mm-hmm.
0: when you, how yeah. did you experience that?
2: Absolutely. And I think going back to a question earlier that you asked Grant, the the wear and tear of the last two years is I believe what got people um, as the Exodus. There's such a nursing Exodus right now. Hmm. Is there? And I wondered um, if there
0: was, I, I hadn't
2: heard. And I think that it is when you have no God in a situation like this, when you have no um, Jesus in you, you are exhausted. You have poured out for the last two years, and I'm sure you I can have see- Jesus, and I'm exhausted.
0: <laughs> 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 I'm just going to keep it real right there. Hey, you know what? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm 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 kidding, but no, that's a really good point because they don't they. Where do they go? You know, yeah. where do they draw? Yeah. I can, I I have a source I can right. draw from. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. We all get tired. Mm-hmm. And we all feel mm-hmm. drained. Mm-hmm. The question is uh, how do we get refilled? So for me, I know how to get refilled. Mm -hmm. And you did too. You, you listened to praise and worship, you prayed, you quoted the scriptures, both of you. So, but I I just hurt for the, for the lost going through this and whatever else. So there,
1: there's a, there's a, um, a certain level. Um, and I think maybe it's just relationship kind of based, um, where you have you have permission based out of a relationship with your colleagues mm-hmm. to either talk about certain things or i mean heck even just pray for people yeah. um you know i've had colleagues limited to a degree but just saying hey how you doing you know and right. and i don't know that people would really open up incredibly especially on the unit um or in the break rooms or whatever you kind of got to Keep your, keep, your up, game, keep your game, game, face, game on. face
3: on. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't break down in the break room. No
1: doubt. <laughs> um, but but you could tell that you could just, you could read it. And I think that was, a, it was an incredible opportunity. Um, and I'm not saying I walked it out perfectly, but there was an increp- incredible opportunity. I remember one time when this was very early in the pandemic, I'd floated over to a unit that I was, you know, kind of on the spot cross, Johnny on the spot cross trained. Um, and so we were going to go recover this uh, patient and they were COVID positive. And so- People were, um, and these are these are great people. I'm, I'm not in any way insinuating anything negative, but there was real fear, and so, sure. so you could see that. And so I, nobody was outright refusing. Maybe there was a little pause, and and rightly so. But I just said, you know, and I wasn't trying to be bravado. They asked me, hey, would you be willing to, to jump in? I said, let's do this, you know. And I, it wasn't like there was no like rock music going on. Like <laughs> yeah, you know, kind of. it was nothing. It was exactly that it was a decision, and I, I just said, Lord. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and 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 I think people to your to your point, I think people see that and you're no hero. You're just doing your job and you're trying to love
0: people. That's right. really what it is. Right. But that can be seen by people that wonder maybe where that source is from you. And you I know?
1: I think it, in a sense it earns you a level level of credibility right. um where people go okay, um you know, and I I hope that was the the case where they saw, you know, this this guy's here to to be excellent at his job and and to really care about people and then you can build relationship out of that and then more not more opportunities whether it's overtly praying for people or whether it's just simply saying hey man, i'm thinking about you and praying for you um let me know if there's anything we could do mm-hmm. um you know there's uh there's there was definitely opportunity within that and and i think people responded to that because they go man mm. nobody not that people were coming up to you and you know man what is what is new with you or whatever but but but, but <laughs> You know, what's, what's going on? How come you're not freaked out? I, it wasn't as overt as that, but I think people would see it. It can be
3: seen. Yeah, yeah light I'm was sure shining. they thought it. I'm sure they thought it, you know? And it's like, it really is, especially if leading up to something like that, if just pe- people get a sense of what you're about, you yeah. know? Like, uh, I've known you for a really long time, yeah. you know? And we've been friends for quite a while. And something that I know about you is kind of wherever you go, you um, you know Jesus really shines out of you, and uh, so so whether you saw them uh, or whether somebody said it or not, they people knew what you were about. Yeah. You know, and then and then the tough time comes, and they see that steadiness, and they go, "Wow, you know mm-hmm. yeah. that that faith is really." And it's a real thing, and and that's the and that's the hope. That that's the
1: real hope. You're you're not looking for people to see you. You're looking. You're like I want you to see Jesus. Yeah. That's 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 really my heart. I'm a uh, quick story on that. I remember taking care of another uh, same thing, same unit. Um, had a guy come in for an emergency surgery. Young guy. Um, can't give details, but he had uh, basically been attacked by a family member um, who had some um, psychiatric issues and had been stabbed multiple, like twenty three wow. times um, and found out that he was COVID positive through the process. So he's in there for emergency surgery, nerves are severed and and whatnot. And, and he can't, you know, he's losing function in part in his arm and there's all these things. It's like, man. And then on top of that, they go, yeah, by the way, you're COVID positive. And it's just like, you could see his world spinning like crazy. And so, um, we went into the operating room and all protected gear as best we had. And, and, um, I just, I started talking to them because we had a little bit of time before the bed was ready. So I was just, trying to build relationship with them and speak encouragement in life. And, and, and I, uh, you have to be sensitive about it in, in the environment, but mm-hmm. I just said, Hey, I have zero. I literally, these are my exact words. I have zero agenda, no pressure whatsoever, but would it be okay with you if I just prayed a blessing for That's you? That's awesome. Yeah. And, and he like, you know, he just gotten out of the military and he, I mean, tears like oh, running oh, down his face. Sure. He said, please. I mean, wow. he, And 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 I'm, you have
0: the liberty to do that as a professional. You can, or or did you have to do that? Was that on the down? Yeah, wall, I or? was.
3: Yeah, I was gonna. going Ask. I was gonna ask both of you that. Like, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> us being pastors, it's like our job. We come right with that's <laughs> with, where with we're like, headed. Yeah, that's yeah. where we're. <laughs> but like, but like for in in that kind of environment, how do you guys, you know? Um, <laughs> How do you guys find those moments, or do you do you find those moments to like to be outright with people? Um, Answer it and then t- finish yeah. that story because yeah. that's it, a
0: cliffhanger. So yeah, yeah. You <laughs> prayed for the guy, and yeah. So uh,
1: and and this this I mean, he's just tears running down his face, and and certainly you want to respect wherever they're at, right. and that's the bottom line. Yeah, is I just said, hey, if you don't feel comfortable, no problem, uh, it's all good, and and he said, please, you know, he he was he was asking um and so anyway i uh, got a chance to to pray with him and then kind of help see him off and he grabbed my hand real tight and squeezed it and just said thank you wow. thank you you know thank you thank you thank you and so uh, there are opportunities in those moments mm-hmm. where they can be overt and then there's other times where you're just nothing overt you're just yeah. talking to the lord and praying and right. asking the lord to do do what he wants to do in the yeah. middle of middle of that
2: yeah absolutely um It's completely appropriate to ask if you can pray for someone. That is totally okay, Uh, especially in the pandemic times. That was something I found myself in the ICU. um, Part of the job that can be so beautiful and so challenging is ushering people to death Mm -hmm. uh, with their families. Yeah. And those are the moments where, yeah, I want to be able to offer you something here. Yeah. Um, And that's Jesus. Wow. And those are... Some of my favorite moments, even though in (laughs) retrospect, they're very hard moments, Um, they're beautiful, intimate moments to honor families and honor people Mm. um, in those moments of giving them eternal life. Mm -hmm. Offering Jesus in those moments was what gave me a peace a lot of the time. And knowing that even some of the families, they can't be with their loved ones if they're COVID positive in the hospital while they're dying, or at Mm -hmm. least that's how it was. Um, I'm assuming that's how it still is, mm. and so they're looking through the glass, right. waving, Yeah. or whatever they can do—crying, praying, offering words, um, drawings. A lot of kids would draw for their family members. Um, but as the nurse, you get to be in there in your gear, and most of the nurses I know are holding their hands yeah. while they're being that their person. last breaths. Being mm-hmm. that person. Wow. And so. Having Jesus in there is such a gift. That's amazing. And being able to do that is is a really cool gift. Yeah.
0: Thank you for goodness being those people. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what a blessing. I think if I was in the hospital, I would want one of these two taking care of me. Actually, you did take care of me. Uh, Grand, I had a shoulder <laughs> surgery and. Yeah, I think you prayed for me beforehand, although I may or may not have been medicated at the time. You
1: you were rolling into the OR,
0: and I had a mask on, and I went, what the? (laughs) (laughs) Who's this guy? And And then then, coming out. And then on the recovery side. Coming out. He looked at my prescription that, that my surgeon had given for her pain. He said, oh, good. He gave you the good stuff. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you, got, you got the good stuff. So I don't know what the good and, stuff and is. Don't worry. The... All the video recordings
1: I took, they're on YouTube, <laughs> but they're not listed. So Well,
0: it's been so fun to have this conversation without politics. Right. Yeah. However, mm-hmm. unfortunately, the last two years have been super... Politicized, yes, and education's been politicized. Um, church has been politicized, yeah. and medicine has been mm-hmm. politicized. Mm-hmm. I mean, like nothing we've ever seen before, and yeah. that has created. One thing I'm learning is um, the more complicated things are, the more painful they are.
2: Yeah,
0: and I think what w- I think what has made the last you know this era that we've all walked through painful. Is how complex complicated, how complex the issues are, and it's really not black and white. Now, uh, for some, for some people, every issue is black and white. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do to help those people, but to me, there's twenty-seven layers of complexity on any one issue, especially when it comes to medicine or uh, taking care of your health or whatever. And then you've got presidents and politicians and people advocating positions and news. You know, corporate news and uh you've got uh big media shutting voices down and pushing certain narratives, and it's very complex. Mm-hmm. And that has has been for me exhausting and difficult, and I can't imagine how it's been for you. I was just wondering how you guys experienced that side of it. You know, not without I mean not not asking you to take positions or necessarily but how has that been for you? Because everybody's got a story about politics. How has that layered into your experience? Have you faced difficult things because of the intersection of politics and medicine? Yeah, uh, I mean, definitely. I think, um,
1: I think that kind of the best way to to broach that is just realize that there's an element of you just do your job.
3: Mm-hmm. Right, yeah.
1: and I think that that's that. There has to be a very real aspect where, hey, at the, I'm clocking into my shift. Right, politics. I'm not here to be political. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like I'm here to take care of my patients. I'm here to be a good colleague, mm-hmm. a good coworker. I'm here to to give great care um, to family members and and to be the best nurse that I can be. Um, and then I think there's uh, another kind of side part uh, where you have to be aware because what's happening in the political realm is affecting mm-hmm. you, and it's affecting the hosp- your mm-hmm. employer, and it's affecting you know whether it's a city or a county or or whatnot. So there's elements of needing to needing to be um, abreast of what is right. u- unfolding where. exactly, um, and I think kind of in a nutshell. The best, uh, the be- as I was thinking about kind of this question in terms of our discussion, uh, I was just reminded, I felt like the Holy Spirit was talking to me. And he just said, you know, the, the real key here is awareness versus focus, hmm. where the Lord never called us to be recluses, you know, mm-hmm. and we're just holed up somewhere and, you right. know, whatever. I just, I'm going to be agnostic and, you know, politically and have no no bearing. I mean, welcome to civics, you know, 101 right. kind of <laughs> thing. but. <laughs> But to that point is I really I, I and I'll speak for myself. Um, I really felt the 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 leading to basically say the Lord's like I want you to be aware of what's going on. I want you to be engaged to a degree. Um, it's difficult when social media is. Uh, you know, you watch one video and they've got algorithms that'll then only feed you another version of that video, maybe with a little more extreme, but what they won't do is provide a counterpoint. Yeah. And, you know, they say, Hey, you watched, you know, this video on, on, you'll like this, this one, you know, then they're going to push you to the next. Here one. are seven so, other
3: videos so just like be, that. Yeah. So you become <laughs>
1: entrenched in your viewpoint versus saying, Hey, you know, the opposite of like, Hey, you watch this one, how about a counterpoint, you know, and to be able to balance that out and have a healthy, rigorous, respectful di- dialogue and discussion. But I felt like um, the Lord was saying, "I want you to be aware and engaged, right. but I want your focus to be on Me." That's yeah, good. and that that was really kind of the the North Star for me through this process of saying, you know, I've got my convictions and I and I've processed those with the Lord as we've walked this out, um, and and so to be able to say, yes, Lord, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go binary here, and you know, either. Permit up, or or go full tilt, you know, burning, burning things down, and you know, picketing and all, all that kind of stuff. It's like, God, what have you called me to do? Mm -hmm. And to the extent that you lead me, I'm going to walk that out with godly counsel and with wisdom and and thoughtfulness. um, And I'm going to be engaged to the level that I feel uh, that you've called me to. And but I'm, but above all of that, I'm going to keep my focus Mm -hmm. on you, on who you are, on your truth, because that you are life. You know, you're not just theology. Bible verses are are cool until you walk into a room with a <laughs> contagious disease. You know, and you're yeah. like, "Oh, do I believe this? Yeah. <laughs> so right. And So, I think that was the key for me is being aware, of being aware and engaged um, as much as I reasonably could into the leading. You know, to the point I felt led to, but then also being focused and saying, "Lord, you're, you supersede this. Wherever this mashup and the convolution occurs, you're, you're bigger than this." And so, um, I'm gonna just kind of do
0: both, but keep my focus first. Did did yeah. the did the pressures though? ever push you to a place where you didn't want to go that okay that's that's where you wanted to be mm-hmm. you you just keep your focus on the lord and of course you did but were there some hard decisions or hard lines you had to walk or maybe are still walking uh where where pressures hit you and you just didn't know what to do
1: uh yeah i mean i i definitely had conversations um with you know particularly my wife um really to that end, I mean, I, to the point of the vaccination situation, that was a big one and affected a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and so that was something I really had to walk out and make a decision that I, that
0: everybody's doing something different and calling you to maybe yeah take a stand or,
1: well, there's, there's political appointees and legislation on multiple right. jurisdictions that are all saying, Hey, this, this is what we're doing, you know? And so um, you this re- is what you
0: will do, right? Yeah,
1: and I think not just for myself, but for many, many people um, who have gone through the exemption process, really had to make those decisions based on their convictions. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and that was um, when you're talking about livelihood, that's a big deal. You know, yeah, you're for losing sure. your 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 job or, or your career, and and not just. Pot- potentially depending on the situation and the timing involved, it, you know, it's not just like, Oh, okay, cool. I'm going to, mm-hmm. eh, I don't want this one. I'll go to the hospital down the road. It's like, Oh, you may need to change careers. You know, that, so that's, it was, there was significant ramifications and you, each person had to kind of walk that on a, according to their conviction. So that, that got really real for a lot of people and that's still kind of unfolding as we speak. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I would say I, um, I saw a lot of the same things and I think that you put that very well, um, Being aware of what's going on, Um, there's so many facets to that, Uh, whether it's the news, whether it's medical information um, that seems maybe skewed one way or the other. Maybe it's um, the doctor that you just talked to that has a very specific point about one thing with COVID Mm -hmm. um, that seems hyper focused and realizing, yes, I want to be aware, but I don't want to be in this downward spiral of a black hole of uh, what do I think? Yeah. What, what am I supposed to believe? What, what side am I supposed to choose? And ultimately going back with my husband and saying, what are we okay with? Right. What are we going to do? What do we want to stand on? What is our foundation? And then moving forward, because yeah. I don't want to stay stagnant here. I don't want to stand here and just keep looking around, trying to figure, grasp into air. What do I want to hold on to? Yeah. I want to be built on this foundation with my husband and then move forward. Um, and and I think that a lot of people, uh, majority of healthcare workers, at least that I've been around, very feel very similarly in one way. And um, if you don't feel that way, you're definitely on the outside. Um, that, that's very is there
0: social pressure, like among medical professionals, hey, get on board with this? Did you find, or is there? I think it's academic more of, liberty and freedom uh, for people to choose.
2: At least in my. Um, experience it's more of an assumption Mm -hmm. that we're all together you must feel the same way that i feel because this is x y and z right correct um and so i don't know that they would ever entertain the idea that it would be otherwise how interesting Mm -hmm. yeah
0: and groupthink
1: well it's 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 interesting because you there when you're at work you're there to work Mm -hmm. and it's it's kind of a taboo thing, right? you know, and, and, and for obvious reasons. And, and <laughs> yeah. I don't know that there was, I, I'll speak for myself. I don't, I haven't experienced any like outright hostility or, no, or no, not but at people all. Not at when all. they find that perhaps you don't uh, agree with them on, you know, X, Y, or Z, they maybe raise their eyebrow a little bit Yeah, and kind
3: of, hmm, Okay. And, and, you know, it, Yeah. You can see that shift in not just that one point, but how they're maybe viewing you as a whole. Yeah, you know, and and at that point, you really just go, Lord, you're my you're my front and rear guard, you're my mm-hmm, vindicator, mm-hmm.
1: and um, you know I'm not perfect, but I want to do my job as best as I can, and and I, I think that will speak for itself. Um, so there's definitely that kind of, I, I think it's well put. There's kind of that assumption, um, yeah, and so y- y- you have to be very tactful and um, mm-hmm. tactical in terms of having those conversations
0: well it's very informative to me because you know as pastors um, it, it doesn't it doesn't seem quite right to say we want to be professional but that really is mm-hmm. what we need to be mm-hmm. um, and and in this era <clears throat> people are uh, empowered by a lot of emotion and a lot of uh polarity, you know, w- w- whether it's vaccines or masks or I find politics. social media
1: a very calming calming <laughs> factor. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. That's what I do to
3: relax. Yeah. <laughs> go look at different it hashtags. It never feeds the fire. Yet. But
0: I chose myself. I chose to to not jump in there and it's interesting uh because people want you to. Yeah. And you're almost supposed to if you're if you're a man of god, you're supposed to take a yeah. position on literally everything. But my thinking was as a professional, people are not coming to my church to get advice about vaccines. Right. And right. to get my view on the latest story on, you know, whatever. So yeah. I think there is, if I could just say this to pastors, leaders, let's let's be equally professional. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. why, why are we exempt? You know, why are we exempt from uh getting down into the mud and and fighting you know it's interesting yeah. also that Jesus when they arrested him they came in the garden they came with their clubs and their spears and their and he said well this is interesting basically <laughs> yeah he said I was with you every day in the temple why didn't you arrest me there yeah. what am I a revolutionary mm-hmm. he said yeah what am I a political zealot in essence he was saying I am not that Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm a teacher of God's Word. I've been with you in the temple every day talking to you about truth, and now you're coming with uh, the guard. What is this, you know? And I just think <laughs> I just think it's refreshing to think about as leaders that we don't have to have an opinion on everything, or, or not that we don't have to have an opinion, but we don't have to voice our opinion or yeah. enforce our opinion on other people. And I, I think yeah. that's what makes... Maybe you guys special in that way is that you were you were willing as people who clearly have strong convictions internally, not to force that on other people. I wish the world was more that way, yeah, than, don't you?
3: It's yeah, it has been a weird time in the sense of like uh, people expecting you to talk about things that you never had to talk about, you know. It's like I don't want to answer medical questions. Why are you asking me? And if you're like, silent, wanna, here's the here's the one right? I hate. If you're silent, that's a message too. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. You're not <laughs> even allowed like, to be silent. So Wait for, a minute. so for me it it really mm-hmm. was like, man, you know, I, I'm just here to like build the kingdom of God. You know what I mean? I'm just here to point people to Jesus. Right. You know, and it's like yeah. other other than that, you know, I have strong and you know, anybody that knows me i have strong opinions i have strong opinions most of the time i'm not afraid to share them but when it does come when it does come to my to my work and my calling not just like not just like job but we all have mm-hmm. like callings right and when you're in your calling whether that's whether that's pastor or nurse or someone in the medical field or a teacher it, it's like when you're in your calling, you're not really representing yourself.
0: Exactly. You're, right. We're
3: all here to represent Jesus. Yeah. And I think sometimes people want us to show a little too much of, of Jordan, you know. And I'm like, look, you know, a lot of what I have, a lot of my own thoughts and a lot of my own convictions um, or a lot of my uh, opinions— probably can't help you that much. Mm -hmm. What I do have that can help people Mm -hmm. is I I have Jesus. Yeah. I have Jesus. And you could make a mistake
0: on taking a position on a drug or a vaccine or this or that, because the story is constantly changing. We're always losing uh, uh, learning, I should say, learning new information, getting better input. So when, when you voice... When you stand in a pulpit and you voice something Mm -hmm. like that, and it turns out to be incorrect, that's a little embarrassing. Sure. So you've left your lane, and you've caused a collision at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, very interesting. I'm wondering um, how people that know people in medicine, uh, pastors, we have a lot of pastors, a lot of leaders listening to us right now, elders, uh, life group leaders influencers in the kingdom how can we support people that make their living in the medical professions how to what's a good way for us to to be grateful and to honor you guys because I really do I honor you guys
2: <laughs> thank you um, I, I think that it is definitely going to be specific for each person and how that they're going to decompress um, I think overall obviously playing for praying mm-hmm. I'm sorry praying for their hearts while they're at work. Yeah. Um, And and letting them know that I think there's something powerful about letting someone know that you're praying for them while they're at Mm -hmm. work Mm -hmm. and and feeling that coverage. That's so good. It's just very powerful to know that um, in that you're not alone. I'm not just praying for myself. I'm not just praying for my own heart and mind and physical body, but um, I have a team of people that are backing me here. And that um, obviously I, I think that there's been a wave of and healthcare um, heroes and all of that and that's um, it's fun but it's also sometimes feels a little in vain in mm-hmm. knowing like but can you really connect with us? Can you really understand um, what we're feeling mm-hmm. and how we're trying and yet it's still feeling sometimes like we're failing and we want so badly to, to be able to um, do the best that we can for people and just knowing that medicine is not 100. percent medicine is not perfect, Um, a diagnosis is not 100% complete all the time, or a treatment is not always going to do the job. And and just, I think, knowing people, healthcare workers' hearts are um, just to be...
0: They're trying to get it right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, they Mm -hmm. are. So honoring them in that way and letting them know, hey, I'm praying for you Mm -hmm. as you negotiate this stress and that's really good. I think I really like what you
1: said there. I think, I think you you hit the nail on the head. I, I literally have a number of times that I distinctly remember, um, uh, many of them from the time my time in the emergency department where, um, my wife who was, it's funny. She wasn't even my wife then, but we were just in the process of friendship and dating and et cetera. Long story short, she hates spiders (laughs) <laughs> and she would have, like, no, I, oh kid, I kid you not, she had, like, horrific spider dream. Just, like, boom, it would wake her up, and then the Holy Spirit would say, pray for Grant.
0: Wow.
1: And turns out, like, at the exact time, there was something pivotal happening mm-hmm. in the emergency department, whether it was clinical or spiritual or relational. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just, there was a number of times. So just, that it's, it's, it's a single example of just the fact that prayer is powerful. Yeah. Um, it is needed. And it's a huge way to support anybody in that environment. Again, whether they're police or sheriffs or fire or jail or EMS, you know, in hospital, et cetera. Um, and I think the other thing that stood out to me big time is real relationship.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, COVID has taxed everybody. Isolation has been probably the number one killer. Huge. Um. You know, I, sorry, I say killer facetiously. I don't mean to. Yeah, that came out bad. Don't do that, friend. <laughs> e- easy. There you go. Easy. No, it, it's it's been the number one thing that, that has caused wrecked havoc. Yeah. yeah. On 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 Absolutely. people, on relationships, on so many different yeah so many different things. And so one thing I just uh, part that I had just jotted down was real friendship reconnecting. And thank God for COVID restrictions ending you know, in so many respects and I hope to see that progressively continue. But yeah. maintaining and, and an organically kind of investing in those relationships and having fun. Mm-hmm. Because work is hard yeah. in the hospital and EMS and you need some time to be able to, you know, watch a game or, or go for a hike or, you know, do something fun together, go to the beach, enjoy each other's company. And, and that oh, that in and of itself, I think God made us that way.
0: I like to egg my neighbor's house. <laughs> that's for fun. Yeah. I find that's very therapeutic. How, do they find it fun as
1: well? <laughs> you know, I haven't asked. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask. Someone, no, there you go. No, but the point, but I think in that point, I, I, I like the element of, the very real element of yeah. like, especially coming out of COVID, really being intentional about rebuilding relationships, yeah um, not forcing them, but really, you know, connecting with people who are in that space. And the other part is really being able to listen to them. Because I think, you know, Chelsea's said, said it very uh, eloquently, um, that people, it's hard, you want people to understand. Yeah. You know, not that I want to like throw my burden on Jordan, you know, it's mm-hmm. not like I'm going right. to just, you know, verbally unpack and vomit all over you so to speak but this is going to be something where it's like hey if we're talking and you know we joke and laugh and we enjoy each other's company but sometimes it gets real yeah and you you want to know that someone's there not judging you yeah and they're they're like hey i got you know i got your back yeah Mm -hmm. you know i'm I'm here for you and i want to i want to i really actually want to understand what was so tough about that day mm-hmm. not that you have to unpack it but if you're if you want to i'm here you know that alone is just massive and so speaking to your question kind of full circle how can leaders really support those in those positions is really maintain those relationships yeah. that, you know just even going out to lunch once in a blue moon and just saying how you doing you know is there anything that i can do hey or inviting them hey we're going to go for a hike or we're going to go watch a ball game or, like really the organic element cuz yeah. sometimes it's easy to be in a in a prayer closet, or at work. Yeah. Right. But there's so much life outside of those moments. hundred percent. So being able to to do that is just massively helpful. Yeah. Um, Beautiful.
0: All right, one last question. Uh, We're coming to the end of our conversation, but this is for Jordan, this is for Chelsea, and this is for Grant. This is a leadership podcast. mm -hmm. Uh, Looking back on the last couple of years, leadership thoughts, lessons. uh, What have you taken out of this time that really, you know what here's how I think leadership should be done. any thoughts
3: yeah i I think one of the big things for me is uh, and we've touched on it a little bit, but but strong values, mm-hmm. knowing what your values are, and letting your values guide you wow, that's good as opposed to because I mean the 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 political thing, the agendas, the you know, um, the propping some voices up and and turning some voices down. That's not going to get better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not going to get better. If anything, it's it's going to get worse. And uh, if you don't if you don't know what your values are, and that's why a lot of people got really screwed up going into the season, mm-hmm. because if you don't if you don't have strong values. Um, then you're just going to listen to the, loud of, you the no loudest, the loudest voice, basically, yeah. right? Yeah, and and so you feel insecure because you're mm-hmm. hearing different voices and you, you're not sure what to do. And even even facing fear, if you don't have values, when you have strong values, kind of like kind of like you were doing, you were saying, you know what, I I might feel afraid, but my values are are this, so I'm going to mm-hmm. walk mm-hmm. regardless of what's happening. And you, Chelsea, that's what you were saying, like you know. Man, feeling fear, but yet I know what I believe. I know what I believe. So I would say uh, to anybody listening, uh, really strengthen your values, the Mm non-negotiables in your life. Strengthen them as a believer in Jesus. Strengthen them as a leader, because uh, when hard times hit, you have to let your values guide your decision-making So good Mm -hmm. excellent
2: yeah i think uh, similar to that culture comes from the top down and Mm. i think that um obviously experiencing that here we talk a lot about culture at gateway um being on the team here now but uh, noticing that much more in management even at a hospital setting or in a clinical setting um when your leaders are tired, your staff is tired. Mm-hmm. And when your leaders are negative or focusing on what we don't have, what we're incapable of doing, then the staff is much more, um, contagious with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I fully believe negativity is contagious. 100%. Um, and, For sure. um, I, I see such a shift when we come in and have, um, an experience of a conversation that's uplifting that morning. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when something is highlighted that was well done, mm-hmm. then the energy is, wow, we're doing really good today. Yeah. Versus, man, we don't have this and that, and, th- and then it's, we don't have anything. Mm-hmm. It, it goes so far so fast. Um, and so the culture absolutely starts, I believe, with the top. And that's gonna be what's modeled in your employees.
0: So good, I think uh, being for something, is mm-hmm. so much more powerful than being against yeah. something.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, everybody kind of knows what they're against. What are you for? I think that's what that's what I hear you talking about, Jordan. That's so good. How about you, Grant?
1: Yeah, no, I, I'd say um, the relationship, especially amplified and highlighted by the COVID experience of isolation, um, the relationship you have with Jesus is key. It's, yeah, it's it's so good. It's not he's not just theology. He is life. Yes, you know, he is the I am. And he's my friend, he's my father. Yeah. He's the one that I go to. We talk. It's not just okay. I went and said my prayers, and you know that kind of thing. He is the one that I'm talking to through the day. He's the one that's that's giving me wisdom as we go. He's fathering me through it. He's my I, he's my friend. Mm-hmm. And and where I'm going with that as a leader is if that um, if that's not first, if that's not established, there's no shame. Yeah. But God's calling leaders, especially, to keep Him first. Yeah. So that they themselves are filled and they're they're walking with him. And then all of a sudden, you know, you can't 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 give out what you don't have. Mm-hmm. And right. there's nothing that can take the place of being alone with Jesus. Period. And then walking with him throughout the day. So keeping that priority first of man, you're you're my father, you're my friend. You are a you're the one, the person. You're not just a concept. You're 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 with me. Through all of this stuff, and I, you know, i reminded of David and Ziklag. You know, he he strengthened himself. He's about to be killed by his own guys, and everything was taken. And it says he strengthened himself in the Lord. He wasn't. I'm, I'm firmly convinced he wasn't just reciting Bible verses. You know, he was he was talking to his to his God. Yeah. He was talking to right the the. Person. He knew what to
0: do to to make himself strong. Exactly,
1: yeah. and so because that and that that wasn't something that happened in the moment. That was something that he had cultivated exactly. in the backfields, right. and so when the pressure hit, he was able to turn in relationship mm-hmm. to to his to God and say, "You're mine, and I'm yours, and I I believe you, I trust you. It doesn't feel like it, doesn't look like it, doesn't seem like it, but you are bigger than all of this stuff. And what was in him poured out in the under the pressure, you know." When we squeeze Christians, we should see Christ, you know, <laughs> yeah. kind of a thing. That's right. That's um, so good. So I think just as a leader, keeping that priority and not, you know, I've heard it well said, you know, if you miss your time with the Lord, don't feel ashamed. You should just feel hungry. It's yeah. like, if I miss a meal, I'm just, mm-hmm. I, the next time I'm like, man, my stomach's rumbling. I'm, I'm really hungry. So if I miss time with the Lord, no shame, no judgment, no condemnation. He loves you. He's with you. He hasn't mm. left you or forsaken you. You just keep going. You're like, man, I'm just getting hungry for more more
3: yeah. of him.
0: So, very good. Yeah. Very good what a great conversation thank you
3: I just want to say to to both of you individually that uh first grant you know I've known you for a long time man and you're you're such a man of god and uh, I really appreciate doing life with you and I appreciate getting to be your friend and uh and I just i I trust you <laughs> I, I' trust <laughs> you you know I'd come in and and get <laughs> and get uh get treated by you anytime and actually I do every once in a while no, am <laughs> himma should have a text. You know, especially when Chloe was a baby and she had a fever and I'd go, Hey man, how so about this? What do you think? What, what do you, what it's do you not think? so bad to know a nurse. That's right, that's right. But uh yeah, so I just I really appreciate you and thanks, man. Uh Chelsea, you know, uh, I'm so happy that you're on the gateway team and I don't know you very well, but man, just you and your husband everybody looks at you and just knows that there's something special and you two just like totally radiate the Lord, you know, and, uh, it's just so cool to have you on the team. So I just really appreciate you both. And I really appreciate, um, you both doing, doing what you're doing in the medical field. That's like an amazing, an amazing thing. And I'm sure it's not easy. And I'm sure that the last two years have been, uh, traumatic (laughs) (laughs) traumatic so i you know thank you guys for for everything that you do well said well said and let's just keep
0: doing what god has called us to do to inspire transform lives thanks for a great conversation
3: thank you for listening to the gateway leadership podcast with david Tracy inspiring you to lead in every area of life. We'll be releasing a new episode every month, so be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Gateway City Church is one church that meets in multiple cities. To find us, or to learn more, visit mygatewaycity.church. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you right here next month.